This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Yo, thank you very, very much, uh, listeners, for joining us again. Uh, last month, we started talking and uh, sharing about the first three lines of the Serenity Prayer. And um, this month, we are going into the next few lines of the Serenity Prayer that uh, go as follows, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, and accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. And uh, we are very privileged to have uh, Dave Smith with us. He's the pastor, a reverend, or the leader, a minister of the Presbyterian Church in Mowbray. And uh, he has experienced many things in his life and in the life of his congregants. Very, very welcome, Dave. It's a privilege to have you with us today. Lovely, uh, Frederick. It's great to have the chance to speak to you and Suki, and thanks for inviting me. Mm. Yeah, and interesting, the listeners wouldn't know that Dave and Frederick have known each other many, many years. They went to school together, right? Yeah, we, we were actually <laughs> school friends, yeah. Yes, <laughs> and so we thought that's important. We um, In this program, we've already spoken um, the first, the, we always do a, a monthly focus, and the first one we just introduced the topic, and the second one we spoke to someone who was actively struggling with addiction and her road to recovery, and how she applies these words um, into her life now, now after um, the restoration process. And then last week we spoke to someone who's a, a friend and a family member of an addict and also in her own recovery process as a codependent. And today we thought we're going to speak today from a spiritual perspective, mm. as a spiritual leader in this whole aspect of the serenity prayer, but also just generally in our lives when we struggle to live every day and to take one day at a time. Mm. Great. <laughs> Thank you for the chance. Yeah. Yes. So, so you know, I, I have found, um, I've been, I've, I've come to the point, Dave, where I've memorized the serenity prayer. And, you know, we often are very familiar with those first two lines because many of the fellowships and support groups use the first two lines. And then um, I came into contact uh, through Celebrate Recovery, the next part of the Serenity Prayer. And it's that part that we have already, uh, I mentioned, and also then accepting heart, uh, the, uh, this, this world, the sinful world as it is, um, as Jesus did, and not as I would have it, and then continuing to say, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, um, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him in the next. And as you can hear, I can recite the prayer, but so often it can become just a ritual, just words, mm. and they don't really mean anything any longer until we need to pause and 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 come to come to a rest and um and what does it mean to live one day at a time have you had some of those experiences where you came to realize but i need to live one day at a time well fred, fred frederick when you mentioned that we'd be discussing this particular portion of the prayer i was so um, taken by the wording because 
it summarizes some very difficult lessons that I've had to learn over the last 18 months or so. Mm. Um, I think I know that that a major focus of uh, your and Suki's ministry has has been the area of addiction, and I think that if I were to to say what had become my addiction um, to a degree as a pastor was was a, an addiction to to the, the the kind of rat race of mm. of the demands of of congregants and the demands of of meetings and schedules and administration and 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 keeping keeping the ship moving mm. and knowing theoretically that we have a God who's ultimately in control and that the congregation belongs to the Lord, mm. but in practice uh, living as if it all depended on me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that in this sense, as as much as difficult as the the uh, pandemic and the resulting uh, lockdown has been for so many people who have have suffered from the, the pandemic by various ways through illness and caring for those who are ill and losing those who have been sick with the virus. Um, there was a side of it for me that, that was very powerful. And, and I think it's this, this lesson of accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. Mm. As hard as that whole process was, it came just at a time in my life where, where I was so desperate that I think I was close to burnout. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden, there I was at home, not able to go anywhere, not able to see any of my congregants, not able to go into the church office to make sure everything was ticking over. And I could do nothing more than to hand the whole situation over to the Lord. And the whole thought of my, in my mind at that time was, I have to learn to live moment by moment yes. and to enjoy each and every moment. And that is where I found my liberty and my liberation. So when I read these words and I knew mm. this is what we'd be talking about, I just thought, I can't. This is what I have to share. What I've learned. Wow! Because it came so in such a difficult way, but it just sums up exactly what that lesson was for me. Yeah. Mm. So tell us about that process. We are very. I'm very curious to hear how did you come to that discovery, a deeper discovery of those words. Well, I tell you, um, Suki, what happened was um, I had been increasingly drawn to a, a style of prayer life that, that has been rediscovered by the contemplatives hmm. um, and really linking to contemplatives going all the way back to the Desert Fathers and, and throughout history there have been those who have, have kind of taught a sort of prayer that we would maybe call centering prayer, hmm. the kind of prayer that makes us, that focuses on on going aside into your inner chamber and like closing the door and seeking the Father in secret, that really means almost stilling yourself. And 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 I've been I've been learning more about that type of prayer, reading. We Renan and I joined a, a group where where these things are shared and talked about um, through an author that I'd come across. And so as as a result, um I think I was ready when the lockdown came. It's as if I now had a chance to practice it. And and the one thing that, that I, I, I kind of realized is that 
that God's name is Yahweh, and mm. that that name means I am who I am. Uh, it's probably the best way we could translate an almost mm. untranslatable phrase, but it's, it's an emphasis on God as being the God of the present, the God of the here and now. Mm. And as I began to realize I need to focus on now, not worry whether we have enough money to see the church through the next few months, mm. whether we have the money to pay stipends and salaries, whether we have the, 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 the funds to maintain our, our, our expensive hundred-year-old building, mm. uh, which is so beautiful, an organ that, that, that is a, a fantastic treasure. But how, how are we going to do all those things is future. What depends on, on what, what is important now is my relationship with Yahweh, mm. and and it's like in that slowing down and centering on the focusing on God as the eternally present one, it's as if I found a new joy, and what I found was, if, and the other thing I remembered was God's, God's name as God the Holy Spirit is in Hebrew, Ruach, mm. and, and we could translate that as breath, and one of the things I found was as I, as I started just focusing on taking a deep breath, I sometimes just say to my congregation, just stop and let's just take a deep breath. Mm. And I find that as I, I take that breath, I focus, I center my mind, I center my emotions, I center my thoughts on Yahweh. And after about three breaths like that, I find myself in prayer. Mm. So in breathing slowly and cutting out the world and just centering my thoughts and emotions and my body I found an access into a deeper prayer life that has kind of was the starting place of this journey in in about March last year. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic, mm. Dave. Um, you you were mentioning some things that are are, are very very important to me, and that yes. is. Uh, before you went into this contemplative moment-by-moment, uh, day-by-day experience, there were focuses um, that were perhaps to the future, but mine were also sometimes to the past. So after the break, uh, let's just talk a little bit more about um, you know, what that situation was, what it can be in our lives, and how we can move on from that. And living in the present, like yeah, you said. Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Mm. Yo, thank you, David, for being with us. And um, you know, before the break, we were talking about uh, living one day at a time and contemplative and a moment at a time. And then the next part of the prayer is hardship as a pathway to peace. Uh, is there something in your life that you experienced where you could experience a hardship that eventually led to peace? Well, uh, Frederick, there's, there's a, uh, an experience I went through in about 2018 that I think fits this this aspect of the prayer so powerfully. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as, almost as a result, I think, of this this intensity with which I was living, as I described earlier, um, I landed up very sick. And I'm not saying there's a direct cause and effect because it's, I know that it's genetic, but something triggered the development of prostate cancer. Mm. And in my regular PSA tests, it was picked up. In fact, a doctor was going to be prescribing a renewal of medication and said, before you do, we do that, let's do all your blood tests. And mm. they picked up that I had this condition. It was quite aggressive. Um, and and we did further biopsies, and eventually I, I had to have uh, a prostatectomy and um, 
and it was major surgery and it impacted my life radically because all mm. of a sudden I was off work for six weeks. Mm. And in that time, one of my colleagues, a retired Methodist preacher who himself has had two very serious run-ins with cancer, and I know him quite well. We're part of a team of ministries that fellowship on a regular basis in our area. He had been told, stay away from Dave because Dave needs space to recover. Mm. And he just felt he was not going to cooperate because he needed to see me. And mm. he arrived there one day and we had tea and coffee together and we spoke and he said to me, Dave, if you continue living the way you are now, he said, you'll be dead in six months. Mm. Mm, mm, and it was like a prophetic word. It was like it pierced right to the core of my being. With a shock, I realized he was right, mm, that I, something had to change. Mm, and I think that what that did was it, it began to prepare me for this shift into a new style of prayer and a new way of relating to God. But it was not enough to break my addiction. Mm, <laughs> it mm. took the pandemic to mm. kind of break that addiction. And I realized even now that I need to constantly live in this kind of spiritual discipline mm. um, because otherwise I will fall back into my old ways so mm. quickly. Mm. And that's why I think it's so important to live one day at a time, hey? Because our lives yeah. are lived like one year by a year. But still, every day <laughs> it, it gets boiled down to what are the choices I make today? That will be different and that will stop me from being in my previous addictive per, per, um, pattern of being so busy and being in a rat race. Mm. How do you do this? Well, you know, it's, I'm going to share one or two things that might sound strange. I, as, as a young Christian, we, we, we were very much taught to pray spontaneous, spontaneously and to pray what was in our hearts. And um, and this was all um, uh, uh, very much as the Holy Spirit leads was the emphasis. Mm. But the strange thing is that over the last 30 or 40 years, I remember the words of a folk mass. Um, I don't know if Freddie was part of it because he was one of the guitar players at school. But a couple of us who, who played guitar were, were asked by the Anglican Church to play guitar for a folk, folk mass that they were doing, which was basically taking the... The, the liturgy of the of the Episcopalian churches and set to folk music and they, and we played guitar for it. The funny thing is that the words of those creeds, some of those words of those creeds, got buried in my heart at a time when I was not a Christ follower. Freddie knows where I was at in those days, and Fred used to witness to me and and, <laughs> and minister to me. And years later, I came to faith in Christ. And those words that had been buried in my heart through that experience of playing guitar for a church service have still been with me all the years. And sometimes those words have popped into my mind. And, and, and I then I found just recently, through the suggestions of others, that, by, that I've re-looked at things like the Apostles' Creed, which I've used for 30 years for confirmation candidates in, in my ministry, mm. and I've just been revising the memory of those words, and I say those words as part of my kind of focusing on Christ. I also use the words of, of a blessing that, that are, is like a benediction of worship, where, where, where the liturgist in a service would say that, um, blessed, you know, blessed be, 
um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or glory, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mm. And these, these, these words that come from sort of liturgical prayers, I've begun just using them to help my mind focus on Christ mm. and, and as, as part of this sort of contemplative discipline. Mm. And I found myself the one night, like in my dreams, I would be saying the Apostles' Creed. And then mm. I'd wake up and I would, I would try and say it consciously and I'd get about halfway and I'd doze off to sleep again. And then mm. in my dreams, I'm, mm. I'm like declaring my faith that mm. I believe in God the Father, that I believe in Christ the Son, that I believe in the Holy Spirit. And these, this declaration and thinking about those words as a, as a powerful um, kind of centering mm. impact on my prayer life. Mm. And there's Absolutely. one more, um, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a Amen. sinner, Amen. known as the Jesus prayer from the Eastern Orthodox tradition. But it's just, it's a way of focusing my attention on Christ, and it seems to help me not to be distracted and to let my mind wander off to all the duties and things that will awake my attention in the day ahead. <laughs> mm. Sure, Dave. Um, these are wonderful things, and I am convinced you don't keep them to yourself, but that you pass them on to your congregants. Um, you know, during the pandemic, uh, you, you mentioned a very important word, ad addiction, and you said your addiction was to ministry. However, you know, many people think that addictions are only uh, substance and only this thing that they, they don't want to do and so forth. Um, how are you able to carry this message of living one day at a time to your congregants and what have you experienced with them? Um, Fred, when I minister with my congregation, um, I try to 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 expound and to break open the scriptures, and mm. so my my teaching and preaching is is mostly what what a ministers would call expository. So I would I would take a text and I would and I would attempt to to break open those scriptures, and and at the moment I'm working through the Sermon on the Mount, and we looked at the Beatitudes, and now we've looked at the Lord's Prayer. And we've looked at being living as salt and light. So when I have these opportunities to share the 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 the, the, the way of praying, I will have an, an opportunity comes to illustrate a particular biblical point, and in that way, then I would bring it in. And so sometimes I would I would like when I was speaking on the Lord's Prayer, I would share how I've been using the Lord's Prayer in my prayer life, and mm. and how the words Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven have just recently struck me and then I will share with them and I encourage them this last Sunday, for example, to 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 enrich their prayer life by following the Lord's example when he says, When you pray, say. Mm. And I know we're all scared of, of babbling and and sort of uh, just saying words that are meaningless. And Jesus, in fact, addresses that very problem mm. in that passage. But he does say, when you pray, use these words. Mm. And it's the Lord's Prayer. And so there's a power in meditating on those words. And what I try to teach my congregation is that different at different times in their lives, a different phrase from the Lord's Prayer is going to jump out of them, and they will be able to latch onto that and find great access 
to the heart of God as we trust God for provision of daily bread, as we trust God for liberation and deliverance from temptation and the power to overcome sin, which is really all of our addiction as human beings. Mm. So mm. I, it's in that sense that I had this opportunity, on a, usually on a weekly basis, to share something that comes up by way of illustrating the particular text that I'm unpacking for them Amen. in that weekly message. Amen. I get so excited when I listen to you because what I hear is a lot of meditating, meditating on Scripture, meditating on certain truths, connecting Absolutely. deeply that with God. <laughs> connecting deeply with God in a spiritual way, um, you know, but using these scriptures and the Apostles' Creed. And I'm excited because that's very much what I've been doing and learning the past few years, not just to move on, but rather to stay on a piece of scripture. Um, I have one scripture that I get that I stay with the whole year that God gives wow. me a certain one. And I just, I don't, I move on to other things as well, but I always come back yeah. to this one. And then where beforehand I would just spend a quick time in a, in an, um, uh, like Luke or in Mark, but now I would spend six months in, in Luke and reread. And every time I go back, that's that contemplative aspect. And I really find, and I've learned it from Trevor Hudson, um, because he, sp he encourages in one of his books that it's so important to always go back and to let that sit with you. It's almost like a, cow right that chew and the, the, that uh, what do you call that the person that chewing the cud yes. yes and and then it becomes powerful and it in it unlocks some spiritual power in our lives and uh, i'm so happy that we can leave the listeners with this as our, this is our last program on living one day at a time living one moment at a time because spiritual contemplation and breathing like you also said is such an important part of that in the other programs we spoke more about mindfulness and other things but it's beautiful that we could end off with this very important part of living one day at a time enjoying one moment at a time and accepting hardships as a pathway to peace as we uh, get grounded and ground ourselves in scriptures thank you so much Dave it's been such a privilege um, listening to you and thank you so much for sharing with our listeners these eternal truths Mm, yeah, thank you so much, David. And um, Dave, and uh, we'll get in contact again, of course. And uh, listeners, if you just came in halfway through this uh, program and episode, uh, welcome to get back to uh, the podcast on kpulpit.co.za and podcast, and then intimacy with dashes in between, and. Uh, Look us up on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have any messages or questions, please send them to Frederick, without the C, uh, Suki at kpulpit.co.za. Frederick Suki, one word, at kpulpit.co.za. Till next time, God bless. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.